Welcome in listeners to another fabulous episode of Whisper in the Wings. We have a very special episode for you. Um, those of us who are those of you who are local here to the New York City area, I'm sure you have heard of the show. It is getting rave reviews. It's a New York Times critics pick. It is on fire. We are speaking with several of the team behind McBitches, which is playing at the Chain Theater. Joining us today, we have the artistic director of the Chain Theater, Kirk Gaskowski. We have the producer of the show, Christina Perry, and the dramaturg, G.D. Kimball. Folks, thank you so much for joining me today. It's such an honor to speak with all of you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So as I mentioned in that intro, I mean, the show McBitches is just, I mean, what a way to start your season. It is lighting everything up. It is everywhere. I really can't turn anywhere without seeing something about it on social media or in the papers. In fact, it's been a very popular topic among some of my friends and I, you know, it keeps coming up. People want to get tickets. This is a hot show right now. You guys are right behind it. Why don't you tell us a bit about your show? Well, we're very excited to share the show with everyone. Uh, it came through our play lab. Sophie McIntosh is on fire. She's a great playwright. She's got a lot of work that's uh, going up at different places. And uh, we worked together on the play lab with it. Actually, uh, GD was the director and the mentor of that production through the lab, if you want to talk about it a little bit. Yeah, it was a show that it was one of those where lightning has strikes. And, you know, as soon as it hit the table here, all of us knew that it was going to be something really important and is going to be something really exciting. Uh, and it, the enthusiasm we had for it was, you know, it was this very palpable thing in the moment. And we knew that this was something that we were going to go forward with and it was going to be a big deal. Yeah, there's a great energy in that play reading and in the development of the lab that we just recognized instantly. Uh, that was a little bit that was, you know, different in times past. Uh, it's rare when that can come along. Um, and it happened for another play, too. We'll, we'll, we'll mention and talk about a little bit later. But there was just something very exciting. And also in terms of from a producer aspect, the title we were like, this is very marketable and very fun. There's some young, young energy behind this. Um, and we knew that we could get it out there. It's been kind of interesting working with the algorithms on social media and what they <laughs> will and won't let us do and boost because of the title, um, which we laughed about. And uh, Sophie at one point said, because uh, she ran into that trouble as well too. And she was shopping around the, the play first and getting it developed. And so we were joking about calling it McBleep for uh, <laughs> for some purposes, but obviously no, we needed to keep the title of Mac Bitches. Um, but that that was, yeah, it was just been a really exciting time and process. And then as a team, we were like, we got to get this thing to full production. Here we are. Yeah, I, I love that the first time I saw it, it came up on, on the Facebook feed and I was like, I don't know what this is, but I'm going to keep, you know, whatever it is, what it is. But then it kept coming up and I was like, okay, let me look into this. And then I immediately saw chain theater and i was like oh i love the chain theater they do great stuff and the more i looked into it i was like this actually looks really 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 good like it's not just a clever hee hee title but like it looks like a really great show so you had mentioned that this was developed in the play work series did i get that right yeah it's our playwriting lab playwright playwriting lab so um is that how you came upon the show did the playwright come to you start writing it there Yes, um, that's where most of our original work comes from. 
that gets developed at the theater is we take submissions once a year and we go through a ton of plays and we usually whittle it down to three. And those three get workshopped over the course of six weeks with a director mentor. In this case, GD was actually the director mentor of that piece with, with Sophie McIntosh uh, who wrote the play. And we put it up for uh, stage reading. And GD, being the perfectionist and the brilliant man that he is, actually took it a little bit further. It was pretty well staged, actually. Uh, there was a great cast, uh, a lot of whom are in the production now. And it, it felt like it was ready to go. It was just a step away from going to production. So it was a great way to really gauge the interest and what was working in the play and what might have needed a little bit more work. But it's it's a great process that we have here i think it's 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 a great way to to you don't really know a play until it gets in front of people it's it's really hard to on the page you might think everything's working as soon as you get in front of an audience you start realizing things and the process here is always paramount so that's what we like to do and of course, too, like we're we're very specific in the actors that are chosen for the lab and the process, um, because there's so much obviously that they add and colors that they bring to the characters as well. Where sometimes you go, oh, I didn't read it that way off the page, and it's suddenly just so much more enriching. But I mean, Gigi, you can talk about further on that as you were in the room and and part of that process, right? And this is a show that has such import. Um, and, you know, the the cast all uniformly reacted very viscerally to this show. It, it speaks to something that is so um, present right now uh, in this industry, especially amongst young women. Uh, and so they brought themselves to this show in a way that was really inspiring and electrifying. And it just and it, it allowed us to um, dive into that show in such a um, immediate, powerful way that it it really from day one it just felt like something really serious was happening here and it was just uh an honor to be part of that quite frankly that's amazing i i love that the journey that this is this has gone on um i want to just touch a little bit more on the development of the show now gd you were the one that kind of nurtured this all the way through so what was it like developing it from the basics of play, of that writing lab all the way to now? What was that like kind of growing this? Well, one of the best things is the dramaturg. You know, I, I always say that dramaturgs do their best work when you have a good play and you want it to become a great play or you have a great play and you want it to become a game changer. Um, and so the process of taking this piece, which, you know, when we first read it, you know, it, it could have gone up right then. That would have been an amazing piece of theater as is. And so the process was this very um, painless endeavor, really. Uh, Sophie is so smart and so talented um, and so kind of plugged in to the work that it was less about me, you know, working magic and fixing things like you sometimes have to as a dramaturg, or it was just really asking her the right questions and seeing that she had you know, seven different wonderful options in front of her and nudging her toward one or two of them, uh, you know, being spoiled for choice in terms of the raw material she had to keep building this play. The pieces were all there. You know, my job is really just, you know, uh, helping her find the best possible way through there. And it, and it, was, and it, was, a, it was a joy. And like the, the challenging parts of it were 
you know, being afraid you're going to leave something behind that was just as great as the, the choice you made. Uh, and so that's always a, a great place to be in development. And the actors feel that energy also. The actors feel that process and letting them bring themselves to it and watching the characters evolve and grow through the actors' voices as well was just this amazing process. Oh, that's, I, I love that. Oh, I wish I could have been a fly on the wall for all of that. <laughs> Um, what is the message that you all are hoping uh, audiences take away from all this? And Kirk, why don't I start with you with that? Um, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot to, to unpack with, with this play. I think it, it's, it's taking a really good look at what college programs are and what this industry is as far as actors go and how people are often pitted against one another even friends can become enemies because of that and why are we all involved in this why do we want to do this so what is the message of all that um i think i think it's a good investigation on what friendship means under really extreme circumstances for for uh, for to be more specific it's the 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 programs that are set up and the way that we teach acting in this country particularly i don't i don't know if it's necessarily conducive to the best work hmm. that, that that's yeah. interesting yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh so takeaway oh what to get the audience get out of it i I watch this show and I think it's a really great reflection at how sometimes we can get so stuck within our own bubble and that's, we lose sight of the bigger picture. Um, I think Kirk really encompassed it all and what is most important and how we can really get stuck and fixated on those things, almost obsessive, but at the same time, you know, how important mentors and teachers are and the incredible influence they have on our lives at that age. I mean, from personal experience, I, very much can relate to a lot of that within the play and where you you so look up to these teachers and this is all new and here you are experiencing your greatest passion with them and you want to believe them and follow them to the ends of the earth right because it's so exciting and there's just this it, it's so much trust put into that um and i also just really appreciate the way sophie isn't afraid to show how amongst women in particular sometimes this toxicity can happen and this competition that becomes really lethal and that's what makes the play so exciting and so fun and and she does it in a way too where an audience member's perspective we laugh because we know what that is and as a as a woman too i recognize that i lived this and i know the tensions and underlying things that are happening and so i can laugh at it but of course, living it in life is, is much, so much more worse. Um, but I think that's what really people are grabbing onto with the play from my perspective. And I would want, that's what I would like the audience to walk away with is just further looking at what all of this means. Um, and when we can get stuck within our little bubbles and our, the worlds we create. Yes, GD. And also, you know, I work as an educator also. Um, yeah. And so I, in in reading this piece, I remember sort of pitching it to some of the students I was working with, and across the board, these college students say, I must see this show immediately. Just hearing a 30-second pitch of it, it touches them in such a, a, a very specific way that that's when I knew this show is 
going to be a big deal. That it, it, it speaks to something that is so very right now in their lives that, uh, un, you know, unfortunately hasn't really changed much since I was in school ages ago. We keep seeing these things and it's like, oh, well, finally there's a play about this. Finally, someone is writing about this. How long have you all been working on this show? I, I don't think I, I caught which play lab um, this was part of. This has been a fast process, actually, for us. This was workshopped in the winter, and now it's up by the summer because it wow. felt like it, it felt it felt like it needed to happen now. I think a lot of what I have to do is to figure out what's relevant right now and when to go and pull the trigger on it and bring it up. So it, it felt it, there was a, there was a great vibe. There's a great energy and from the reading and I didn't want it to slow down. And that, I mean, anyone who knows anything about the theater to have like a six month essentially turnaround, Holy cow, that's ridiculous. That's impressive. So hats all around on your backs. That's amazing. Well, the one around, I, I, you know, I think Sophie was surprised, but uh, we were just very excited to get it up and, She's great. It was in such a great place when we got it, and it was in a great place after we worked together on it that uh, we were we were all on the same page. And I feel like that's a gift. You don't usually get things like that. Sometimes you usually have to like sit there and really dig through stuff and and iron out the edges. So that's what what an incredible gift. I want to wrap up this portion of the interview by asking you all, who do you hope have access to the show? And uh, Christina, if I can start with you with that one. College students, I would say. I think this is totally within their wheelhouse and it's just something, theater student or not, you're, you're going to relate to the things that are happening here on stage and uh, the vibes that are emanating forth. So I'd say all you university and college kids come out now and see Mac Finches. Yes. GD uh, uh, or Kirk? I, uh, I I also agree with Christina wholeheartedly. I also think educators should see the show particularly because I'm sure that they see this on a, on a regular basis of uh, the environments that they create, but it is a look inside of a dorm during the most vulnerable time when people are getting cast in their BFA programs. And to see the impact it has which I'm sure most educators, if they don't have their head in the ground, are very aware of. But it it's a really difficult time for young people that are trying to express their hopes and dreams and what it does to them. So I, I, I a reminder wouldn't hurt in any way, shape, or form <laughs> of, of the impact that a look or a comment or a certain bit of direction or really what's happening to these young people, I think would be a really good reminder. And I think that it's uh, a great play for those fans of that good 
dense, chewy, complicated, wordy theater. That kind of stuff that yeah. makes you just sit back in your chair exhausted when it's over. And you think, wow, that's, I've really seen something tonight. I've really experienced something tonight. That kind of theater that, for me, what is what drew me to this business in the first place. Like, that kind of stuff that changes you. Uh, um, you know, you, you uh, can't sit back and sort of let it waft by you. It, it grabs you and drags you along. And so that's, and that's the kind of theater that, that I love to work on. It's the kind of theater I love to see. And I think that McBitches is absolutely that kind of play. And Sophie is absolutely that kind of playwright. And I also want to just real quick, because uh, we haven't spoken about Ella Jane New, the director of the piece, Absolutely. who uh, took it to the next level. GD did the lab. Ella directed this play, uh, you know, went through again. We even we went through a round of casting, even though we really wound up with the same group of people. There was there was one change, two changes. Um, we went through the full round of casting, still wound up back with some of the same people, saw the energy of the piece. Uh, knew uh, how to work with those actors and the direction is so realistic and uh, it almost feels effortless but I know what it took Ella to get there to have people feel so comfortable to have these real lives on stage and these little ad libs and the and the moments of when they're they're ribbing each other or they're they're uh, building each other up or knocking each other down Ella really found a amazing balance uh, of all of this and uh, so much of the success of uh, the, the bringing this to the stage is because of her incredible work. part of the interview um because on our show we do break down shows we talk about the the nuts and bolts of a show um, but we also talk about our personal experience in the theater um so now i kind of want um to talk to you guys a little bit about your personal experience in the theater um for our listeners if you haven't figured out yet or recognized we've actually had kirk on our show before and uh, we talked to him when we uh uh talked about the show Garbage Men uh, back in the spring when the Chain Theater did it. Um, so it'll be fun to see <laughs> if anything's changed on that front. Um, but it'll also be great to hear from Christine and, and GD and get to know what their insights are. So I'm going to start with the question of what shows in the past have inspired you or that you love? And I'm going to also open it up to composers or playwrights. And Christina, why don't we uh, kick things off with you? Uh, since this is such an easy question to just, you know, jump into. <laughs> but, but isn't, how do you even begin to just like choose one? My God, because there's just so much everybody adds. Um, I mean, in terms of playwrights who've had, I, I, my mind goes to playwrights. Um, I I have a thing for writers for sure, and I just don't quite understand how their brain functions and has the capacity to put all these elements together and create these stories, um, which is why I so <laughs> am in awe of people like Sophie and GD Kimball too. Um, but I would say personally for me, um, I've had the extraordinary 
opportunity to work with David Rabe and uh, he's worked with our company and I've had many conversations with him and uh, working with him and just talking about meaty text and that kind of text that's like music. It really becomes like a rich piece of music off the page uh, where you're finding these rhythms and, and having these wonderful words that you can just play with in your mouth as an actor. Um, and he too, just his story, the level of genius really um, that he and how he portrays humans and our, our human condition and all, all the things that, that make us who we are in this world. I, I would have to say it'd be Mr. Rave. And um, also, I, I'm not just saying this because you're here, but GD is also one of my favorite writers and I'm getting to know more of his work and even just emailing with him. And there's things within emails where I'm like, oh, my emails are so boring. And this is just <laughs> who he is. <laughs> Corresponding with playwrights of that caliber sometimes you just are like, man, like you, you feel like you're writing a children's book when you're like, hi, tomorrow, <laughs> yes, time. Um, where then he always has something so fun and quippy to say. So I, I would say those two and just also being able to work with someone in our company of this caliber and who has this breadth of knowledge and um, just storytelling ability. Uh, GD, why don't we uh, hit you next? Well. Not to put you on the spot, <laughs> but put you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> Standing had, out over here. I've had the good fortune in my life and career just to work along some giants. Um, you know, I came up under Carrie Perloff, the former artistic director of the American Conservatory Theater, where, where I got my degree. Um, and I worked alongside Giles Havergal, uh, this brilliant silver-haired titan of the Scottish theater. Um, uh, Mariah Aitken, uh, who really, truly molded everything about my career. Um, this brilliant um, English actress, director, um, and just sort of being this punk kid who didn't deserve to be there, in my estimation, who got to sit at the feet of these, with these people and just learn and work and become, as they put it, a good citizen of the theater. Um, that And to be excited by watching the work. Because I think there's no better way to tell a story. There's no better way to tell a person's story than the visceral nature of this art form. Um, and it's still to this day moves me just as much as it did when I was a kid. Um, and just to be able to work the level I've been able to work now is a gift. And to work alongside people like here at The Chain who intuitively have understood my work and have understood the things I want to do um, and things I want to say um, in a way that a lot of theaters haven't. Um, it's been a joy and a gift and um, and I look forward to seeing, you know, all the things that we're going to do next. So. And uh, Kurt. Um, it's, it's, I'm very fortunate um, to now sit here. And I feel like the last few years have really changed things for us. And I'm starting to work with people that truly have always inspired me, my heroes. And I, I fear when people like, I've always said, you know, never meet your heroes, but I've been very fortunate that I look up to the writers that I do and the actors and the uh, I, I just with David for sure David Rabe has is is one of if not my favorite playwright of all time and luckily I've been able to work with him and he's a friend and he's just amazing um 
but also if I'm going to uh, talk about someone different than Christina did, uh, Eric Bogosian, who is a fantastic actor, as we all know, and also an incredible force in the theater. And um, we've been talking lately and he just put up a new play of his uh, last month as part of our play festival. And Eric has the passion that I do for the theater. And I just, I'm always astounded by people that have been through every asset, every facet of this industry. And they still are just as passionate as they were. They inspire me because it makes me believe I can be just as passionate about this forever. And he's one of those people. He's always looking for uh, the truth in a situation and humanity. And uh, I'm always excited to read one of his plays or see one of his plays and, and, and even just see his performances in succession and uncut gems. And I can't wait to see interview with a vampire that he's going to be in uh, coming out on AMC. So Eric has been uh, since we did talk radio as a company in 2015 and I got to say those words of Barry Champlain's and I think it was a real chain game changer for our company that that show. And uh, now that I'm, I'm, I'm getting to actually meet the man, it's, it's incredible. So Eric Bogosian inspires me. <laughs> That's so cool. Oh, the life you guys live. That's just what a charmed life. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask a question to the group. Um, and and I'm, I, I wonder where this is going to go because you guys have seemed like you're very busy. But have you seen any great theater lately that you'd recommend to our listeners? Um, I wonder if you've gotten to see any theater lately. <laughs> I think it closed already, but Hangman was excellent. Uh, yeah, I love Martin McDonough's work. Um, I haven't been. Uh, we Christina and I went to see American Buffalo, Hangman, and then what was was there one more that we saw? We actually managed to go out yeah. of this theater to go see other theater <laughs> for a change. Um, it was like, wow, we could actually do this. <laughs> Um, but I found it very inspiring that type of uh, English Irish English slash Irish play with that those actors were just incredible and so funny but dry and nuanced that and I humor love yeah. I love every second of it. It's just so inspiring. Yeah, spectacular set design too for within within that show. Oh my gosh! I know. Did you get a chance to see it? I, we did, and I I didn't know the Golden Theater was that big. Watching that whole set just go up in the ceiling, I was like, "Wait, what?" And then everything came forward, and I was like, "Who do you think you are, Lincoln Center? Like, calm down. This is this is insane. I never knew there was that much space at the Golden." And and it was, it, I, I felt like I was watching a great episode of Law and Order because by intermission, I was like, oh, I know who did this. I know exactly what's going on. And then I was like, okay, no, maybe I don't know who did this. I'm, I'm way off. <laughs> this is here. But I, I, I love Martin McDowell. Uh, Martin McDowell, Martin McDonough. I never yeah. say his last name right, but I love his writing. I've always loved his writing. It's either like incredibly like super dark, like the Pillow Man, or it's that like dark humor where it's like, oh, okay. But either way, you just you can't help but like start to finish. You have you can't leave in the middle. You have to see how it ends. He has that way to hook you. Yeah. GD, have you seen any great theater lately? Or it sounds I like have. It's that funny thing of the, the kind of theater that really, really lights me up is the stuff that like you said is off and off, off. And so they, they tend to come and go 
um, before you can you can pitch them. But I, and also the, I, I spend so much time traveling with work and that kind of thing that I'm, I saw uh, Lauren Gunderson's play, The Revolutionists, which has been this kind of, you know, um, uh, this uh, slow flame over the last couple of years, and it's coming to Broadway soon. So The Revolutionists Ooh. by Lauren Gunderson, everyone should definitely look out for this. It's an incredible piece of writing. And it's one of those that the, uh, the regional theaters have been, you know, on top of it for a few years now, but it's finally making its way to New York. I love that. I love getting like the inside scoop on a really good, a really good show coming. Cause I'm just like, yes, I will get tickets. I want to just sit there with my popcorn. Just yes, all the things go on the journey. <laughs> well, as we've been getting excited about these past shows, um, I want to ask, and I'm going to start with Kirk on this one. What is your favorite part about working in the theater? Oh boy. Uh, there's a lot Obviously, I've <laughs> devoted my entire existence and life to this now. I I love the creative process in the room. I love being an actor. It's my first love. But the joy of being an artistic director has been building people up and giving people an opportunity or just making a suggestion at the right time and seeing people run with it. It's been a truly inspiring season from garbage man forward and i'm really looking forward to what we have coming up what we have what we're working on with gd for this for this fall uh what passes for comedy giving people the voice and the opportunity and i think mac bitches is a really great example of that come to fruition is that this play um by a new playwright that we were able to work collectively together to create this opportunity and put it out in the world. And it just, it's caught fire. It's so wonderful. It's, it's so, it's so fulfilling to see that happen and to see how, how as a group, everybody came together to make this happen. GD, I'm going to volley it over to you. What's your favorite part uh, about working in the theater? It, you know, as I was saying before, the aspect of telling stories in this, this really visceral way, and through that, it's affecting change, really, really shaking up people's lives and their way of looking at the world around them. I love going out after a show um, and overhearing people at the table next to you in the restaurant or the bar arguing about the piece you've just seen or yes. these discussions over over their wine or trying to piece together their, their thoughts on it. Like, that is, for my money, you know, what it's all about is like really giving someone this lasting thing that they take with them out into the world that hopefully changes the way they move through their own lives. Love that. And then Christina. <laughs> um, oh gosh. I, I think the thing I love the most about the theater is this platform that we just brings us all together for this one common goal. And everybody's different ideas there are different styles and flavors that are brought to this thing that then is presented to a whole group of other people that are going to have a totally different experience and perception of what you've been working on and um so i i just i love that getting together in a room of creatives and collaborating with them and just making it all happen i think that's the greatest joy and it's this crazy almost miraculous thing of all of our schedules lining up and all the things in life in the world that happen and then you put on a show and you tell this story and I think that's why it's also 
as a company, we are just so uh, passionate about choosing really important stories and great writers because it just means so much. And why I'm also just so looking forward to GD's play, What Passes for Comedy. It was supposed to happen in 2020. We all know what happened there, um, but it was also in our lab. And it was just something that immediately we were like, this is really special. And now we get to do it again. I want to round out this uh, this part of the interview by asking a my favorite question I ever get to ask theater artists, which is, what is your favorite theater memory? Uh, and GD, I'd like to start with you. So what is your favorite theater memory? In keeping with the theme of the play that's up right now, um, I played the title role in the Scottish play um, many years ago. And we were in this outdoor amphitheater and right as the show was starting this massive storm started to blow in and you know thunder and lightning and there were bats coming from somewhere and it was just this really electrifying environment where we had to uproot the entire show and the audience and move next door into a theater that we'd never worked in that we'd never seen we'd done nothing we had no tech but with just the house lights on we played that show and it was the most it was the best work I've ever done. It was the most exciting work, and I, I'm welling up right now talking about it. it. It meant so much to me to have that audience go with us on that journey. They were so ready um, for all of it that it just, you know, the, the madness of how that show started completely fueled this cathartic experience between everybody involved. And it um, it's the feeling I've been chasing since then in this business. Wow, what a... <laughs> What an opening act to lead into your show there with the storm. That must have been incredible. Uh, Christina, what is your favorite theater memory? Okay, I prom I am not, I promise I'm not copying, but also in keeping in theme with Mac Bitches. It just so happens to be when um, Kirk and I were able to go see Kenneth Branagh's Scottish play at the Armory. And yeah. it would absolutely incredible i mean you walked out onto the scottish marshes uh, half the length of a football field to get to the stadium that they built with these stone hinges um people walking around with torches they did the battle the opening battle that you just hear spoken about in word by the actors no they did it they did it there were sparks flying off of shields and swords there was rain it rained inside there was mud and blood and of course Kenneth Branagh and the acting and everyone was just stellar in the production and it was just such a special piece of theater and to be so large but also intimate at the same time and capture these words that have been said in a different way and a way that's just stayed with me not just the special effects, but this the full immersion of it, of something truly brought from the page to life that I got to live. And I'd, I'd say that's probably been one of the most impacting and memorable for me. That was a few years ago, right? 
Yeah, Kirk, do you remember when it was? Five or five years ago, maybe? Well, sounds right. About five years ago? Yeah, because I just finished a book called New York, New York, New York, which talks about New York from the 70s to now and kind of like the different chapters as it's like reemerged like five different times. And it actually mentioned at one point the the armory. And it talked about that specific production where it's like they do productions of shows, including one of the Scottish play where they had the marshes and everything. And they talked about that. And I was like, oh, this sounds cool. And it was right before I was supposed to see Hamlet and Arestia. Uh, yeah. And um, I was like, this sounds like an amazing theater. Like, I can't wait to go. It's like going to an experience, you know, an immersive experience. So I'm so glad that you brought that up. Kirk. Well, I, I, I too love that production that we saw together. It was outstanding and, and kind of seeing Kenneth Branagh. And I think that was the first time he's ever done anything in New York, uh, Shakespeare in New York. That was incredible. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I have to stay on topic and theme here that, that we've chosen all these Shakespearean <laughs> uh, experiences. And uh, I went to Hofstra University because they have a big Shakespeare program. They put up a recreation of the globe every other year. And I've always felt extremely uh, attached and uh, like it's it's weird, like doing Shakespeare almost feels like you're you're speaking, speaking like the Bible or, or something. It's it gets to the, the beginning of humanity and, and our wants and desires. So I've always seen it as a kind of transcendent experience. So every time that I've ever been able to I have played uh, Iago, I have played Hamlet, I have played. Brutus, I did Romeo in high school. Um, so many of my greatest memories are Shakespeare, revolving around Shakespeare plays. Um, in high school, I was playing Romeo and the balcony scene occurred. They built this balcony. I was in the pit of the orchestra. So there was even more distance to the balcony and we don't you know we rehearsed it so much and it's high school you don't really necessarily always go through tech the same way and the lights went out and i turned around and it was pitch black and i'd never experienced it before and i went over the front row into the audience <laughs> <laughs> so um that's not my maybe that's not my greatest memory but it was uh memorable. quite memorable <laughs> um but uh I also really have loved for the many years that I was doing Shakespeare that my grandmother would come and she, as far as I knew, never went to see Shakespeare. She was there because she wanted to see me and, um, you know, very, my, my grandparents were very working class people. My grandmother was brilliant, but um, never went to college, but what she gained from those plays and what she got from those performances and uh, it was something I'll never forget. So that's one of my best memories is being able to share that with her. That's amazing. I love that. Well, wrapping all of this up, um, I want to just uh, give a moment to plug you guys. Are there any other productions that you guys have coming on the pipeline? I think you've mentioned GD's got a show <laughs> coming. Certainly. What Passes for Comedy by G.D. Kimball, directed by Rick Hamilton, is going to be opening late October at the Chain Theater, running to October 28th through November 19th. 19th. And we are so excited for this show. It feels like it's been in the pipeline for so long. G.D. 
was in our lab with this play and we i was just blown away when when i got to see this production i read the script it was amazing and then to see it up on its feet was one of those transcendent experiences that we speak about so now that we are casting the show and we're about to begin rehearsals i am just so excited for this play oh i can't wait to see it That's amazing. So then, and that ra- wrapping it up, then if listeners want to get more information about the show that we were talking about today, Mac Bitches, um, how can they get uh, find information about it? How can they get tickets? Uh, or if they want to get a hold of you guys, how can they do that? Go to chaintheater.org. That's with an RE at the end. It's uh, our website has everything that you need contact information. Uh, show tickets. It's all there. Tickets are going quickly for Mac Bitches. We're heading towards a sold-out run, but there are still tickets available. And you can also follow us at Chain Theater NYC on Instagram and Facebook, and that's where you have all the updates, highlights, video reels, production photos, um, when we are accepting submissions for plays as well, or our our one-act festivals, our play festivals. Uh, film festival as well so definitely follow us on there for all the exciting things and then when we'll be announcing the cast for what passes for comedy yay oh i'm so excited i am so happy that i have found your guys's theater that i had the opportunity to see garbage man and now i'm getting to see mac bitches and everything because seriously the the quality of shows that you guys are putting on is amazing it's i i love it um, I love the stories being told. So kudos to all of you. Keep doing the amazing work you're doing. This is fabulous. Uh, you. you are you are really a hidden gem in the big city. So listeners, just head on down to, I believe it's, is it 36th Street? Am I thinking right? Am I in the right yep. Head on down to 36th Street, uh, the third and fourth floor. And it's an incredible theater. You will not be disappointed by anything they do there. Um, so Yeah. Our guests today have been Kirk Gaskowski, uh, the artistic director, Christina Perry, the producer, and G.D. Kimball, the dramaturg uh, of Mac Bitches, currently playing at the Chain Theater. It's running through September 10th. Tickets are going very quickly. So walk or run, don't walk, you know, click quickly, double click uh, at chaintheater.org. That's where you can get your tickets and all the information you need. Uh, for this show and for their next show. Uh, what passes for comedy. What passes for comedy. And also be sure to follow them on your social media at Chain Theater NYC. And the theater on all of those is RE. Um, you'll see all the clips, everything you need to know, plus all the access for their playwriting series, all of that. Um, is going to be there. And we're going to post all this information uh, in the information section for this uh, episode, as well as on our social media. Uh, But do not miss this show. Like I said, it's a New York Times critic pick. Uh, It's going for a sold-out run. You don't want to be that one person hanging out with your friends that missed the show. This is not the one you want to miss. So, Kirk, Christina, GD, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been such an honor. I really appreciate you making the time. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you. Thank you. So until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones. Unwrap your candies and keep your masks on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you.
If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Yellow Cop, The Copy Cuts, Man Bites Dog, and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you'll find all the information about our backstage pass. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.